0: It is at this time of year that many times we, we start to reflect, we start to think back over the last 12 months or so. We start to consider some of the experiences that we have gone through. And for some of us, maybe this last year, 2010, has been an amazing year. Yeah, Maybe it was the year you got married. Maybe it's been the year you had a baby. Uh, Maybe it's the year you started a wonderful relationship with somebody who will be your husband or your wife. And you've got some, some really good memories that you can dwell on and reflect upon as you look back over the last 12 months. And it's also possible, of course, that there are some not so good things that we think about. Some things that have happened to us and things that we've experienced that perhaps we would if we could like to forget what i'd like to just take a few moments to talk about this morning is creating a memory creating a memory some of the things that happen to us we really don't have too much in the way of how they came about some things we do some things are sovereign sovereign works of god in our lives and some things we maybe look back and we think, oh, if only I had made a different decision, maybe that memory would be altogether different. And I believe that we are in a place where, as the children of God, we are able to create memories. We are able to order things in our lives so that when we look back, we have incidences, we have occurrences that we have lived through, that we think about as positives, that they are a memory to us, not of our mistakes, not of how we failed, not of how the enemy was able to manipulate our lives, but they are God memories. They are memories of incidences and times in our lives where God showed up. Let me give you an example. You may remember in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, we read of three of his friends. uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is how I pronounce them. You may have your own pronunciation. (laughs) Uh, We won't fall out over that. Whatever their names were. They, They were in a situation where they were being forced... To do something that was against what they believed. They were being forced to worship a man instead of God. And they had a decision that they had to make. Were they going to bow their knees to this man? And maybe preserve their lives? Or were they going to continue to worship who they knew was the only true living God? And risk losing their natural lives. Now we may not be faced with that decision that we have to make. There are people of course in this world today who are faced with making that decision. But these men had a very real predicament that they had to face and deal with. And the Bible says that they were so much in faith in God, that they chose to continue to worship him. And as a result, they were thrown into a furnace, into a fire. The king was so upset, so angry, that he wanted to destroy them. But the Bible tells us that whilst they were in that furnace, the king looked in from a distance and he said to his servants, how many men did we throw in? And they said, we, we threw in three, my Lord. And he said, well, I can see four. And the, the look of the fourth one is as of the Son of God. You see, when these three men chose to continue to worship God, they chose to make a decision based upon their faith that they would not turn their back on God. That's when they created a God memory. Can you imagine these three men as they grew old and had families and grandchildren? And they sat with their grandchildren on their knees. And they had this memory to recall of how once a wicked king tried to destroy them in a furnace. And yet because they believed and trusted in their God, God delivered them. And the Bible says that that their clothes didn't even smell of smoke that the hairs on their head was not even singed with the heat of the fire. My friends, that is a God memory. And I wonder how many God memories we have, not just from 2010, but from back over our li- over our lives. Do we have God memories, or do we just have memories that we wish we could forget? I want to talk to you for a little while about a man called Joshua. You probably realize by now he's one of my favorite Bible characters. And I believe that from his life, we can learn so much. He was a man that knew how to create a God memory. He was a man that when he reached the end of his life, he could look back and he could recount many, many, many times Where he put his faith and his trust in God. And he created a God memory. A memory of where God showed up and kept his word, kept his promise, did as he said he would. I wonder if we have these these God memories. Let me read a verse to you from Joshua 4. What do these stones mean? In the future... Joshua said to the people of Israel, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? And now I'm breaking into a sentence, which is not good for all you English teachers. I do apologize. What do those stones mean? Imagine with me that a father and a son are out walking in the desert, but by the river Jordan. It's a bonding time between father and son. And, and and the son is one of these these typical sons who has loads of questions. Yeah? I have I have a grandson, his name is Levi. And and he just asks questions non stop. He really does. He is he, he just goes from one question to another. And he's just learning and taking things in all of the time. And so here's this father and this son and they're out walking. They're having some bonding time and they they stop for lunch. And they've packed themselves some, some bread and some fish. And they sit down in the sand by the river. And the son is just asking loads of questions. Dad, why did God make sand? Well, I don't know, son. I guess because he thought we needed sand. Well, Dad, why does sand get in our bread and our fish when we eat it? I don't know. I just guess that's how it goes. And the wind blows and picks the sand up and it goes into our bread and our fish. Just try to spit out the sand, my son. Dad, where do do mosquitoes come from? Well, I guess God made them, son. Why did God make mosquitoes, Dad? Because they're a real pest. I don't know, son. I'm not God. There must be a reason why God made mosquitoes. And dad, where did I come from? (laughs) Well, you you came from your mother's stomach. And how did I get there, dad? You need to ask your mother that one. (laughs) And dad, what are this pile of stones? Ah, my son, I can answer that one. You remember Joshua. Well, many years before we lived in this land, in the land of Canaan, we lived on the other side of the river. And Joshua was leading us to what God had said was our promised land. But we came to this great river, this river that you can see, my son, and we had to cross it to get to the land of promise. How did you cross it, Dad? Did you get in a boat and all sail across? No, son, we didn't have any boats. Did you dig a tunnel, dad, under the river? Did you all go under the, tu- under the tunnel? No, we didn't have, have the, the equipment to, big a tu- to dig a tunnel, son. How did you get across? He said, that's what these, these stones are all about. He said, you're not going to believe this. And I think this is why Joshua told us to put these stones here. Because what happened, my son, is almost unbelievable. Because Joshua got the priests who were carrying this special box, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, and he told them to stand in the river. Well, Dad, was was it a drought? Had there been no rain, and maybe you could walk across the river? No son, it was actually the harvest time and the river was deeper and bigger and flowing faster than it normally does. It was in flood and the priests stood in the river and you will not believe what happened my son. What happened dad? What happened? He said as soon as the priests put their feet in the river, the flow of the river stopped. And the waters backed up right up to the to the city we call Adam, and the flow of the river Jordan stopped dead. And the hundreds of thousands of Israelites, and you were just a you were just a, a twinkle in your mother's eye then, son. We walked across the river, but on dry ground. All of us. And when we came out the other side, Joshua said that, that 12 men were to go back and from the riverbed to collect 12 stones and to pile them up here so that when we look at them, my son, we can have a God memory. We can remember what God did for us. We can remember how God delivered us, how God rescued us, how God made provision for us. That's what these stones are all about. My friends, I wonder if you have any piles of stones in your memory. Memories of what God has done for you. I want us to learn some lessons from this this incident that happened at the read of in the book of, of Joshua. And I want to see how we can create ourselves a God memory. First thing that we see is that the Israelites were facing a need. They had a problem in front of them. It was called the River Jordan and they had to cross it, but they had no means to get across. They had a need. The Bible says this, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. You know, one of the things that Christians often do is go to God and say, God, would you deliver me from all my needs? I wonder if we've ever done that. We look at needs as something of a negative. But if we read this scripture here from Philippians chapter 4, the Bible says that God will supply, he will meet my needs. You see, every need that we have is not a bad need. Some needs are good for us. Some needs are needs that we have that will lead us to God. And we will see the provision of God. How will we ever see God meet our needs if we never acknowledge that we have any that we need God to meet? And sometimes we we like to deal with them ourselves. Hi, Some of them we like, sometimes we like to be self-sufficient. Isn't that right? We don't like to admit and to acknowledge that we've got any needs because somebody told us that that's a weakness. That's a lie. And we like to be self-sufficient. We like to be able to cope with things, deal with things by ourselves. But God's word says that he will meet our needs. He will meet our needs. His supply, his provision will be made evident when we see that we have needs. And it's true that most of the God memories that he gives us come out of a time of our own insufficiency When we recognize that God is our all-sufficient one. Those are when the God memories are created. Not necessarily when you're in an amazing worship time. Sometimes yes. But mostly those things that we can look back on. And we can remember how God showed up in a miraculous way. They will come out of a time of need. When we found we could not meet that need and we turned to one who could. My friends, I want you to learn this lesson this morning. If you are experiencing need in your life right now, maybe you have a financial need, a need in a relationship to be healed, a physical need, maybe an emotional need. Don't just ignore it. Don't just turn away from it. Don't try to meet it in your own strength. Remember this promise of God. My God will meet all my needs. It could be, it could be that you are in, an, in a position where you could create a God memory. Where you could look back at this time in your life, not with regret, not with pain, but with celebration of what God did for you. How God stepped into the arena of your life and he delivered you. He did a miracle for you. He healed you. He made provision for you. It could be that you're in that time right now. Let's see how these people created a God memory. How how through Joseph they were able to develop and create this memory that was so powerful. First of all, they had to learn to, to let the promises and the provision of God be their guide. The Bible says in Joshua 3, as Joseph, sorry, Joshua gave this command, when you see the ark of the covenant of your God and the priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before. How many of you have been or are in a time of need and it felt scary. It felt like you've never been there before. Yeah. That's, that's the nature of these needs. Usually when we have seen how a need can be met by God, we know where to go. But when it's the first time. It's like going into foreign territory. We don't know what's waiting for us. We have no reference point to follow. We don't have a spiritual map. And that's when we need to know and to follow the provision and the promises of God. That is what the Ark of the Covenant stood for. As it was held and carried in front of them. It was a constant reminder of what God had spoken to his people. And those promises still remain today. His word is still as effective and as sure. And his promises will never fail in just the same way as they have never failed throughout history. And so when we find ourselves in a time of need, we must... Allow, in fact, we must insist that God's promises and His provisions are ever before us. They are constantly in our mind. Why is this so important? Because usually, when we're in a time of need, our mind becomes the big battlefield. How many of us have experienced symptoms of an illness or a pain? And we've had to battle so much in our minds because the thoughts of what it could be and might be and how bad it may turn out to be bombard us. Those are the times, my friends, when we need to hold the promises and the provision of God ever before us. Sometimes what we have done as a family is we have gone into God's word. We've found his word concerning our needs. We've printed it out. We've written it out onto pieces of paper. And we've stuck it in, in places that we look at all the time. On the refrigerator. On the, on the, the cupboards in, in the kitchen. Wherever you see it, put God's word before you. Maybe when you're traveling on the subway or in the bus, instead of listening to to pop music through your MP3 player, maybe listen to the word of God. You say, well, I can't do that because I might get excited and shout hallelujah. People won't worry. They're asleep anyhow. Get the word of God in front of you. God's promises. He says, and then... Follow it. Follow it. The priests stood with the Ark of the Covenant and they stood in the water and the people followed. We must follow the Word of God. It is given to us as a lamp and a light. It illuminates the way we are to go. The way we are to walk in it. We are encouraged. We are We are implored to keep His Word ever before us. It is life and health to us. It has the answers that we need. It is the map. It is the Holy Spirit's GPS system. I don't use a natural one because I'm too proud, I think. I like to find my own way. And sometimes we're like that, especially us guys concerning finding God's directions. I don't need that. I know where to go. I'm the man. Yeah, really, you're a lost man (laughs) most of the time. How many of us guys have been driving and we've got lost and our wives have said, why don't you just stop and ask somebody? Nope. I know exactly where we are. (laughs) Well, where are we? Somewhere. We need the Holy Spirit GPS system. We need his guidance. We need to take his directions. We need to follow his lead. Because sometimes we don't know where we're going. Half the time, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know where I'm going. Not driving. I don't know where, where God is going to take us in directions next. And I rely so much on his, his, his telling me, he's leading me, he's guiding me, he's showing me. I can't tell you what's going to happen in five years' time. Other than the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into the very best that God has got for us. Amen? Amen. Let's keep the promises and the provision of God before us. Number two, Joshua said in, in verse 5 of chapter 3, he said, consecrate yourselves. Because tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Live right before God. How do we create a God memory? You won't create a God memory when you're living an immoral life. You really won't. You'll just have to look back at that time with regrets and wish that you'd lived right with God. That you'd lived a clean life, obedient towards God that you'd believe the word of god when it says your body is not your own it's the temple of the holy spirit and you had lived a life that's right before god a life that's dedicated devoted consecrated set apart for god and for his purposes how many of you would like to see god do amazing things in your life Yeah. One of the keys is this. I think I just pulled a muscle actually. (laughs) One of these things is this. Consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. Be thoughtful about God. Be searching for his ways. Look for things in your life that you can turn to, to, to please God. Serve him. Set yourselves apart for him. Be willing to be a bit different. Not weird. Just God-like. Joshua said, we're going to consecrate ourselves. We're going to set ourselves apart. We're going to purify ourselves. Because God is going to do amazing things amongst us. You know what I believe? And I believe this with every part of my being. God wants to do amazing things amongst us. He wants to do amazing things in your life, in your life. Let's consecrate ourselves so that God can do that. Let's give God every chance and opportunity. The Bible says that he has spoken his word out concerning our lives. He's watching over it. He is ready to perform it. A lot of people say, well, God never does miracles in my life. Have you got his word in front of you? Are you following his word, his promises? Do you believe that he wants to? A lot of people say, God never does a miracle in my life as they stagger out of the pub or sober up from a night of drinking or try to erase from the memories the images that they've just seen on their laptop. No, God won't do miracles when we're giving our lives to this earth. Joshua said, consecrate yourselves if you want to see amazing things. I don't know about you, but I want to see amazing things. I've seen some amazing things. I really have. And I don't want to stop. I want to see more of God because God is amazing. You say, well, I don't know about that. God doesn't seem so amazing to me. Then you don't know the God that I know. God is beyond our imagination. He's outside of our thoughts. If we try to box him in with our own brains. We limit what God wants to do. Can I encourage you? Take the limits off God. Give him free access to do whatever he wants to do in your life. That's true freedom. That's true freedom. Next point. How do we create a God memory? We face the problem not alone but with God. In verse 13, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set the, their feet in Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in the heap. It hadn't happened yet. This is what Joshua is telling the people will happen. He believed what God had told him, but he was not going into this situation on his own. He was going into it completely with God. One of the names that we have just celebrated of Jesus at this time of the year is Emmanuel. God with you. It says to me that God wants to be with us. It says to me that God doesn't just want to visit us on Sunday mornings or in our prayer or devotion times or when we feel holy. It says to me that God wants to live with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to empower and strengthen us for life. That's why he's given us the Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of us. To strengthen us, to empower us, to enable us. To do the things that he has given us to do. Joshua faced Jordan completely one with God. And he saw the miracle. He saw the waters part. And he saw the dry ground open up. Can I encourage you this morning if you're looking to see a a God memory created in your life. Do it with God. Do it with God, not in your own strength, not in your own abilities, but by the guidance of the Holy Spirit and his great and incredible power. Next point. Your miracle memory is in the midst of your problem. Not all of us like problems. Some of us like to run away from them. Some of us like to pray, Lord, deliver me from problems. But you know, your miracle memory will be found right in the middle of it. Look what the Bible says. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan. According to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the twelve stones that had been in the middle of their problem. At the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. Look, and they are there to this day. I don't think I need to say much about this. When God creates in our lives a miracle memory, it will be found right in the middle of what we see to be a problem. You're sick in your body, God will heal you. You have financial needs, you have marital needs, you have problems that you're experiencing with your family or your children. You have difficulties at work. It is in the middle of those problems that God will create a miracle memory for you. So that you will look back at it and you will have effectively these 12 stones. This memory, not of how you failed, not of how miserable it felt Not of how terrible the the breakup in the relationship was. You will have a memory of what God did for you right in the middle of that situation. And it will stay with you forever. You see, I could sit down with you for a long time. And I could rehearse and repeat to you many, many miracle memories. Things which God has done in the midst of challenges, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials and problems. Because when God does it in our lives, it becomes an eternal work. It never leaves you. And we have had the joy ourselves of sitting down with our children, obviously when they were younger. But now our grandchildren and we can sit with them on our knees and we can talk to them about God memories. Some of you know just recently that Hudson, Pastor Jackson, Jenny's son, was in hospital with an illness. We were able to sit with him and remind him and tell him of a time when one of his uncles was really ill. And how God stepped into his life and healed him. Dad, what do these stones mean? I'm glad you asked me, my son. Do you have those memories that your children, your family, your grandchildren, your friends, your work colleagues, can they come up to you and say, what do those stones mean? What does this mean? When you talk about God touching your life, what does that mean? What is this memory that you're relating to? Do you have those memories? I am convinced that God wants to give them to us. It is his nature to give us miracle memories. It is his will that he would work these things in our lives. That he would meet us and meet our needs. That he would bring his will into being in our lives right now. Teach us to pray, his disciples said, our Father who is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just as it is in heaven. When we get to heaven, there's going to be some miracle memories to talk about. And I want to sit down with some of the greats of the Bible And hear some that maybe are not recorded here. But I also want to have a few of my own. How about you? How about you? We kind of reflect over our lives at this time of year. And then as we get towards the end of our lives, we reflect maybe over the the whole of our lives. And we think about maybe what could have been, what should have been, what may have been. I believe that God wants us constantly to be able to look back and have no regrets. No regrets. But to see the hand of God working time after time after time. Bringing his kingdom and his will into being in your life. Just as it is in heaven. It's a time to reflect. Let me ask you this question as we close. What do we reflect? What do we reflect? Do we reflect our fears? Do we reflect vain imaginations? Or do we reflect the glory and the honor and the power and the majesty and the sovereignty of God? It is almost certain that right now most of us are in the middle of a need. And I want to encourage you this morning from God's word. Look to God to create a God memory. Something that you will hold on to forever. Something that will create something of a spiritual map for you. And something that you can talk to your family and to other people about. As they ask you about your faith in God. Dad, what do these stones mean? Dad, tell me about that time when God did a miracle in your life. When God saved you. When we as a family needed God to step in and do miracles. Dad, Dad, tell me. Tell me about them. Do you have those God miracles? My friend, God so much wants to give them to you can I encourage you to pursue him with every part of your being to search and to seek for his will in your life here and today to create God memories in Jesus name Father we thank you we thank you that here and now you meet with us at our point of need thank you that you draw us to yourself That you fill us with anticipation of what you are doing and what you will do. Father, I pray for each one of us here today. And ask of you, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes. So that we may see what you want to do in our lives. Father, if we look back over this past year and we do have regrets. Enable us right now to deal with them before you. For those things that we need to repent of, Lord, we do that. Those foolish decisions we made, those things we should not have said. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you and receive complete forgiveness for those. And that you promise in your word that you will not hold them against us. Lord God, let the light of your word illuminate our lives. Lead us on, as we sung earlier, from glory to glory. Let our lives reflect who you really are. Let them be a demonstration, Lord God, of your love and of your power. Father God, I pray that we will see in our lives memories. God memories. Miracle memories created. As we keep before us your promises and your provision. As we engage with you in our daily lives. As we commit ourselves and consecrate ourselves to you, Lord God. That you would be able to have your will. To have your way in our lives. That they themselves, our lives may be a testimony of who you are. Thank you for your word, Lord God, that it works in our lives and that it never, ever fails. Thank you for the gift of faith that you give to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.